0: If my logo was a clown's head with balloons, and I told you about how we are a good partner for digital growth, you'd say, that's weird. (laughs) Like, that's a bad storytelling tool. Why are you playing funny circus music? rich Mm-hmm.
1: yes paul
0: so you and i you know as co-founders we split up responsibilities we don't always do the same things wouldn't make sense no it wouldn't so i've been over in my skyscraper o sales working on proposals talking to inbound leads taking doing pitching over zoom and google meet and you have been working and we, we got to give a little context
1: here on a new brand and identity for our firm. So, yeah, I mean if you if you visit postlight.com, if you haven't visited it visited it recently, you'll notice it's got a whole new look and feel and a couple of new case studies that we're incredibly excited about. You know, I took the rebranding as an opportunity to kind of pause and actually think about what Postlight is and what it's matured into. We're 4 years old, you know, almost 5 years old now, and you know, for a long time, we were, you know, extremely execution driven. We were about getting you the thing. And shipping was kind of everywhere in our language. And it was, it was about output. Well, if we had a
0: specialty, it was design and software development risk reduction, right? Like, boy, it's hard to get software out into the world. You know, who can help us here is Postlight. And that was, that was our messaging. We'll build your thing, your big digital thing.
1: Yes. And, and the title tag is Digital Product Studio. We've probably said Digital Product Studio a few hundred times on this podcast, on the Postlight Podcast, formerly Track Changes. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen. That's right. Yes. Thank you for continuing to listen. And, you know, as I was thinking about the new brand and we, you know, we, we, we paused and thought about what, how we wanted to convey who we are now. And I realized that a huge part of what Postlight does is listen. That is input, not just output. In fact, a lot of our best relationships, our biggest relationships are driven by listening a lot and pausing and not hurrying to go to the, the the workshop right out of the gate. I mean, it's worth noting the workshop is filled with incredibly talented craftspeople, amazing engineers, amazing designers, architects, product thinkers, really, really, it's an awesome group. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm pausing and looking back on, on the kinds of engagements that have been really the ones that have tell the story of post light it hasn't been about purely hey here's the wreck go can you please build a thing and give us a bid and then we'd go build a thing instead it's been as much about listening to clients being more in a partnership role listening to them and understanding what they're trying to do and frankly having a dialogue which if you told me a 50-person, you know, design and engineering shop in New York City was doing that, I would say that's unusual. It's not typical. You know, you usually would have to go to bigger firms to get that kind of strategic stewardship, strategic partnership.
0: This puts us in a spot. Like, when you are a firm, like, look, look, we're asking people to listen to us talk about our internal branding, which is a lot to ask. So let's put it in the framing of this podcast, which is... We were selling services, but we actually didn't have a good framework for communicating a lot of the value and a lot of the scope of what we were selling with our existing brand and our existing website. And this is kind of like you could roll your eyes at that, but that's a real risk for us. Because if you go and you meet someone and you say, hey, yeah, no, actually, we could help you. If you have a six-month strategic plan and you need some help up in that that first month to really get this together, and we'll come in and we'll think those thoughts with you and we'll get you a deck and we'll help you you know, get internal buy-in in your big not-for-profit or your giant organization. Our website wasn't saying that. It was saying – Hey, Postlight will help you build a really great app, or it will help you build a really powerful platform. And the brand that we had and the way we were communicating wasn't gonna bend enough to let us tell that story. And actually, we should articulate that because I think people think a lot of this stuff is kind of nonsense, but like it was a little too playful and a little too like circuit boardy. And it just, everything we
1: tried to make ourselves look more strategic look, it reflected kind of your and my defiance around classic business. And I believe in that. I think it's part of our identity and personality. We like to call bullshit. We don't like bullshit. It just turns out that if you are thoughtful about what to go do and are ha- having a dialogue whether you like it or not, you're you're a strategic advisor. And if somebody said, "Hey, do you think Postlight's going to do a lot of strategic advising when we started the company?" I'd be I would have said, eh, "Why don't you go to hell?" Well, you know
0: you know what else happens. When you're 25, your peers are people who are kind of like you. They went to college around the same time you did, and they have jobs. They go to their jobs. And then you get in your 30s, and like that first person gets the title director that you know, who's like a friend, who's somebody you used to work with. And then they become a VP, and then they become an SVP. And suddenly, instead of you kind of just doing your job, you're in this cohort of people making decisions about money and other people's time. And you don't even know what happened. It just shows up one day. And then it's sort of what am I going to do with that? How am I going to how am I going to deal with that? Yeah. And I think part of that is just the growth. The firm goes through that kind of growth too. Like the people that we worked with in our early days are now leading larger and larger, more strategic engagements. And they're coming back to us and they're saying, hey, look, I, I know you don't, I don't know if you really even see yourself this
1: way, but I want this. Yes, yes. I think if, I, if we can turn down the, the advertisement aspects of this podcast, you know, so what, what have we learned as a firm as we've grown and what have we sort of, we're, we're more confidently signaling out to the world is that good software comes out of a partnership. It doesn't come out of a prescriptive request for a thing you want. Um, that it actually comes out of a language, a platform, a cloud platform. That's just a part. That's just a part. What it comes out of is flexibility, empathy in both directions between stakeholders and people that are building things, and a willingness to question things and to think more openly and have a dialogue around what the good, the right thing is. And what you, what you have here, then with, with us, and I think it's something that everyone can take a page out of, is that If you don't have that mindset, you're going to find yourself boxed in. And whatever you're making isn't going to be as good as it can be. That is just reality because nobody has it figured out when you're going into things like this. Design doesn't.
0: Well, which is why instead of us saying that we build your big thing, we're telling you that we're a partner, that we're here for a while.
1: Yes, you're part. Yeah, I mean, we're playing around with what the tagline is. It'll be up by the time this podcast goes live. But it's hard. It's hard to come up with that. Design, develop, ship has been our tagline for a long time, which is just it sounds like a sledgehammer coming at your head, and and you're we're going to push that damn thing out one way or the other. By the way, there is enormous value in orienting around shipping. Don't get me wrong, because well, we're not we're not giving that up. We're not giving up the idea that we're going to no. continue to ship software. And we are a great product studio. I mean, that's 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 real. So we will take that work that is just good and it's clear and we know exactly how to do it. That's still attractive and very satisfying.
0: Let me take it out one level so that we can get back into our advice giving mode instead of just talking about how great we are. How do you know when it is time to do a rebrand?
1: You know, I think for when you pause you are the sum of what you've gone through, right? And when you pause and step back and look at where you are, right? Oftentimes there is, your current state is a lagging indicator relative to your brand, right? When the brand was made, like our brand that we're gonna put out, that will be out by the time you're listening to this, will be outdated because we will continue to grow and continue to evolve those weird changes when you go from like 7 years old to 10 to 13 like you, the clothes change dramatically the way your posture is changes and the truth is you need you need to shower every day you need to shower every day so the truth is your brand is la- is lags immediately it's outdated the moment it is out in the world and that is for a shop our size, like you have to pause and, and you know I looked at our brand and I said, you know what? we're bigger than this. We're actually bigger mm-hmm. than how we're signaling out to the world. So let's think bigger, let's say less, not more. let's be more confident. those are the signals those are the, that was the guidance we gave our the, you know the branding partner that we that worked with us on this. And so I think when it starts to feel off or when your pants are too short, like, why are my socks showing all of a sudden? Let's
0: go up one level, right? What is a brand? A brand is, I mean, it's a lot of things. It's a its a little picture that you say, this represents our company, and it's its your name, and it's a lot of intangible things. It's a tool. It's a framework for telling a story. That's it. Yes. Like, just really, that's it. That's right. It's a, So when I sit down and I tell you about Postlight, it's a framework and a form for us to sit down and have a starting point and for people who are – perceiving us to have a starting point to figure out if there's any kind of shared intention and understanding, right? And so what happens, I mean, the reason you got to do this and it's expensive and it takes time and we put it on pause because of world events and now we're getting back to it because the world keeps moving and you you invest a lot of money in time. It's not just the cost of getting a new logo. You, you got to redo the site and you got to redo the do all the materials and you got to kind of reorient everyone about, around the brand. The breaking point is when you're sitting down to tell a story and I've seen this like with our proposal decks which are very reliant on our brand which is I look at them and I go these are getting in the way of me talking about the actual work that we're going to do here yeah. that we are pitching to do. These don't look like that. And now it's real subtle. Like it's it, you're talking like a percentage here
1: a percentage there but it's very important. It's very very key. Yeah. You're making you're making a great point. When you're finding yourself explaining away aspects of the signal the brand is setting, you're already outdated. Like it's already expired. That's the
0: trigger. Well, at that point, it's no longer just like, yeah, we're growing and changing, and we're going to figure that out later. It's costing you money and opportunity. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because other people feel it too. It's not just you. You're not the only. Now, you're you. If you're a pretty good leader, like you get anxious early. It's one of the reasons that you're strong in a leadership role, and you get anxious, you'll be anxious about our new brand within about four months.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, it is a breathing thing. But it's real. Yeah, no, that's real. And I think as a brand, uh, for the type of service we do, like we don't sell chips, you know, we're not a potato chip or a, a soda where there are a, certain, a different set of ground rules around how you think about the brand because you're thinking about your target and you're thinking about also just the logistics of even changing something like that. For us, we just want to signal a personality. It's because you're we, what we want you to do is come talk to us. You're not going to make a sort of nonsensical $2 purchase to get involved with Postlight. We want you to come and talk no, to us. No, in the bodega,
0: nobody's like, oh, I've never had Funyuns before. That's right. right. And, that's not. No. Nobody buys postlight services
1: that way. Correct. Correct. So I, I think that's that's something that is always changed. Should we be looking at the brand and 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 looking? And when we say brand, I mean we're talking about the stories we tell, the articles we write, the headlines we have, and things like that. Every few months, of course. The tone. Absolutely, all the time. It should be a key part of because it, it actually turns out that we're not transaction-driven. You can't just license our software. You have to talk to us. And we have to constantly introduce ourselves that way to the world, right? It's hard. It's actually real work.
0: So actually, to that end, there is a there's a real component of this that has been very critical and is really interesting because a firm like ours, now look, people, are, people will look at our website and they'll say, nice logo. They might look at our GitHub and say, they know how to code. But the number one indicator for an agency is, A, the set of logos that you put on your homepage indicating that you can work with other organizations, plays well with others. And then, two words, case studies. (sighs) Yeah. Nothing is more powerful. So the case studies have to express the brand and tell the story of how you solved a problem so that a person reading goes,
1: oh, all right. I think they get it. I should talk to them. A hundred percent. And and frankly, your piggyback. Sometimes if it's a big logo, if it's a big brand that you did work for, you're kind of riding in their wake, right? I mean, you're just, all you're doing at that point is just saying, you know what? Look at this. I mean, we went in with the big boys and we solved a big problem for them. Don't you want to talk to us? Like that's...
0: Let's tell the, also the honest to God truth about case studies, which is that only the agency cares about the getting them done. No one is motivated to give you work so that you can have a great case study. They're motivated to give you work so you can do amazing stuff. So, you got to stretch, you got to bend,
1: and you got to say what will it take for us to be able to tell this story in public. That's right. That's right. And and you know, sometimes I view postlight as just one big giant Voltron like product manager, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And you know, the best kind of product manager Cares deeply about the decisions that are being made. They're not just taking marching orders, right? And I think that's what Postlight's evolved into. Postlight has matured from, I mean, look, we scrambled early days for Postlight. You could come in and say, I need an app to find the nearest kitty litter uh, shop nearby. It could be anything. And I think we've matured to a point where now when you come visit Postlight, we are not just saying, that is an amazing idea. God, that is one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. Can I offer you some espresso? We're just, that's not our vibe at all. And f- we are a product manager that cares deeply about what you're about to go do. And we'll, we'll call you out. We've told people, that's really interesting and I'm glad you want to spend money with me. But gosh, that's the wrong thing to do. We've said that to people. Yeah. Well and there's a lot of work that just isn't for us and that's okay too. That's like, okay. It's too. okay. That is okay too. That is okay too. So you know I, I think that's I think look, I do think what is the next phase for postlight? What is the next rebrand? Because this one got outdated. I have no idea. Which is great. That is really good. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. I do know that this feels So let's Right. These are this is the right length of pants.
0: Let's describe the two case studies because they represent the two absolute extreme poles of what this firm can do. And look, there are great case studies for Bloomberg and for Vice and for Audubon on the site. Like We've had great partnerships with those orgs. But there's two new ones that we're going to promote and market and talk about. So the first one, a little tiny teensy-weensy company that you might know called Goldman Sachs.
1: Yeah, it's a little corner bank. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Goldman Sachs, we've done maybe eight different projects for them. They've been an ongoing relationship for us. But one of the biggest, most sprawling projects we did was around a trading platform. And I mean, it was something. It was an experience. It was anthropological. It was technical. It was design driven. And it was like, we want to modernize trading platforms and we're a web shop. And we're like, yeah, exactly. Because it needs to be on the web. And it was a hell of a challenge. And it, you know, it was if you can navigate that kind of partner that is just has, it's just the most, it's just a collective alpha person. The thing that we
0: built, because we really haven't been able to talk about the thing that we did.
1: Yes. What is the thing that we built? It is an algorithmic, a web based, but works on your desktop, algorithmic trading platform for different futures, but I think initially it's just commodities. So it's, it's just a commodities trading platform and it's badass. oil, aluminum. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's badass. It's badass. I mean, it's, it's been, in, it was done in partnership with the, the, the marquee group at Goldman Sachs and it, it's just, uh, it's just really, really cool. I mean, technically it was incredibly challenging. The requirements were just over the top. And the amount, and let me tell you something. You know, user research. It would be great if you could talk to users. Talking to fourteen professional traders, it, it's a, it's an
0: amazing. Let, let me thing. put it this way: it's not their job to be happy.
1: I think they're happy in their own
0: kind of way. They're happy, when, but like you coming in saying, "Hey, what would you like in a commodities trading platform?" is just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. I don't want anything to do with this.
1: Well, you know, actually, it started that way. But then what you had was. Some of the most specialized power users you'd ever meet. You got you've got people who right. are writing real time scripts to make decisions on trades, and you know their desktop environment spanning six screens, right? So these were people. I mean, if you mm-hmm. thought you were going to just interview a handful of people and find patterns in their usage, you're going to be very very sorely disappointed because these were people who have essentially fine tuned how their work environment is. And it's really, it's instrumentation, right? They've gotten to such right. an extreme place. Their phones are set up that the lines are just open. Just people are muted. So the people they trade with are just there. And and it's- This is what's real. It's not just one
0: system. It's like you're doing, there's a certain kind of transaction, but you're supporting like this open conference call that spans the world. So look, I mean, that's one, we could talk about that for 6,000 podcasts, But but before we do that, that's one remarkable project that it's it's so good to have that in the open because no one would ever expect us to have built a commodities trading platform in partnership with Goldman Sachs. It's a hard story to tell mm-hmm. when people look at you and go, Oh, cool, you did a CMS. Like it, it's so that's story A. Story B. Is another organization geographically, their headquarters are very close to Goldman's, but a very different Slightly kind different. of org, which is the MTA. Yeah. Why don't the, you? The Mass Transit Authority. Tell us y- y-
1: your turn, Paul. Give a breakdown of what we did for the MTA.
0: We partnered with the MTA and we built for them a new platform. And what the platform allows you to do let me give you an example. You are taking the one train uptown, okay? And there's a little delay, something happened. Uptown. Not downtown. Downtown's running fine. There are screens that are getting installed all through the MTA. And the screens are there to carry information about trains and advertising. That is why they exist. These contracts are there and it is it is happening. So, can those, those screens could say, the MTA wants you to have a happy holiday. Or those screens could say, there's a 10-minute delay, headed uptown. There's A little issue on the one. Advisor, you know, you can expect your next train here. Or here's some things that you need to know in this part of Manhattan, but not in this part of Brooklyn. Extending out to, we need to let the people know on Twitter. We need to hit that button and have that same signal go out to the people on Twitter Mm -hmm. or other messaging platforms. What kind of... For lack of a better word, it's content. It's still content. What kind of content management system can deal with that level of complexity?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning, I mean, the 50,000 of these screens are going out. Like it's a massive, massive, it's not like we're powering a handful of screens. So, and each one is individually addressable. Correct. And sits on a particular side of the platform and et cetera, et cetera. So there's all sorts of intricacies around this.
0: Yeah, and you want to be able to say like these if I say F line north northbound these stations are going to be affected. You don't want to have somebody manually enter mm-hmm. 20 stations when they are telling the story of what's going on with the MTA. And yep. so we built that. We built the platform that talks to all the screens and lets the people in central command very easily, very efficiently go out and update everybody in New York City everybody in the stations, everybody on Twitter, everybody who's using different platforms, what the hell is happening with the MTA at that exact moment? Exactly.
1: You just stumbled on, I think, a key point here, which is, you know, when we started conversations with them about this, they were thinking about those screens. And then it became clear that I'm like, okay, wait a minute, but you've got all these other systems that are sending the same messages out, just the endpoints were different. So you had one platform that was being used for social media, another was being used for the website, another was being used for these screens. And I said, you know, as we were in these discussions, like, you know, you really, you want to attack the real problem here. The, that's the real challenge in front of you. Because you could, ban- I mean, legacy software is just a collection of band-aids over time. That's all they are, right? There was the thing that was in front of you, and then you addressed it, and then you just kept going, right?
0: Well, more, more specifically, people think of messaging, they don't think of one unified sort of system. They think of all the different platforms they have to talk to. Correct. If you actually take a breath and say, what if we only wrote things once, and then automatically laid out the images for the screens, automatically put the right references, and handles in on the tweets, threaded the tweets when there's updates. Like, what if we did that instead of everything being ad hoc? Yes.
1: And and yeah, it made it a bigger project and a bigger challenge. But, you know, that's the tug of war, right? Of do you do it right finally? And can you do it right quickly? And that's strategic, right? Like coming up with that battle plan took time. And but it's what was produced. I'm this is I mean, just. Pounds and pounds of advertising mayonnaise being put on one piece of white bread right now, but I'm just going to just go ahead and say it. I'm just immensely proud of the work we did, we've done for the MTA. It's really cool. It's slick. It's solid. It's live. It's actually all over. You know, pushing messaging all over the city. So it's just so so cool. So you should check out the case study, along with with the others on 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 the site. So Paul, I mean to just try, somehow give some un- more universal advice here beyond just advertising postlight. You know, we paused and just looked at these big sprawling projects that frankly were way bigger than who we are. If you're outside looking in, and we said, "You know what? We should tell a different kind of story." We flat out flat out weren't able to tell the story until we got the new
0: brand. I yeah. couldn't like I I yeah. sell I'll do I'll do four sales calls in a day and I can't easily communicate When somebody calls with a problem for us, it's very hard because, you know, and God bless both of those orgs for just being like, sure, absolutely, glad to do it. Glad to glad, you know, go ahead. Because for years, I haven't wanted to say that we work with Goldman because they're very sensitive and it's serious. Like we don't mess around with our non-disclosure. And for them to say, Yeah, go out, tell the world has been is fantastic. And the MTA is a public org, but they've been very open and transparent with us and said, Yeah, tell tell the people what you did. So what we did with both is use really good modern tools working with really big IT organizations to help people do their work much much more quickly. Yeah. And the funny thing with both of these and I think this is a really interesting thing when you're when you're dealing with the enterprise smaller engagements building let's say you're building a standing up a WordPress site for someone it's not a lot of money and it might reach millions of people easy right post on the cloud and and to do that might cost you like 150 bucks a month. Yeah. These are solutions where the number of people using them might be in the hundreds. Mm -hmm. But every act that they take, every time they do these things, it affects hundreds of thousands or in some cases millions and millions of people. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is empowering people. We're giving people systems that they can use Mm -hmm. to kind of make more sense of the world. And that is a sweet spot. That is the good stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Rich, this one has been, like, it's our marketing podcast. This might have been a little too much marketing for the average civilian.
1: Yeah. I mean, we just injected Kool-Aid into your arm, essentially. Um, Nah,
0: but look, I mean, we talk about this firm. This is a big inflection point for us is going, you know what? Brand's not doing the job it needs to do. We need a better way to tell stories. And now we have some new stories to tell. It's pretty cool. Look, I mean, the the thing to take away is, yeah, all right. You may not be super. If you listen to this, you know our story. But there are those moments where you have to have better tools for telling your story. And that's that's the rebrand. And we did it. And boy, does it feel better.
1: Yeah, we're very excited about it. We're, we're allowed to be proud, Paul, every once in a while. I think we've been remarkably generous over the years now with this podcast. Um, so every once in a while we get to... ah, we're just angels. We're just angels, and every once in a while we get to put on the the T-shirt with the logo on it.
0: Well, look, congratulations. You drove this effort. This was a a Ziotti baby. You said, time to do it. You found the firm, and uh, onward we went.
1: I'm excited about it. I'm very proud of it. I'm proud of the work we've done. But always looking to talk to anyone else out there in the world as we navigate and grow as a company. Hello at postlight.com.
0: We're here to help. Check out the site.
1: Yes. Have a great week. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye everybody.